Good morning. What's up, Amanda? Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Hi, everyone. We are really excited to have uh, our friend here this morning, uh, Mikkel Radar Varachny of Prague. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we've been wanting to have him on for a while and we finally got it together. I'm just going to give you a little background on Radar. He is a RKC instructor, a primal move instructor, which is now ground force method, correct? Yes. Uh, FMF and an amazing 12 instructor, which is where we met in Dublin six years ago and, uh, had that experience together and I've been following him ever since because <laughs> Radar is a businessman, entrepreneur, extraordinaire. He's got quite a business going on in the Czech Republic. A lot of coaches with him and um, a lot of great systems going on. And so, yeah, welcome Radar. Let's talk about that. Yeah, uh, hey guys, thanks for having me. Um, first of all, I wanna say I'm, I'm not native uh, English speaker, so I'm, I'm really sorry to all, all English speaking people for bastardizing their language. Um, I'm gonna tr try to do my best to to make as much sense as, as I can. <laughs> so that's 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 for time. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great. You're doing great. So tell Thank us, you. Radar. Tell us about your business in uh, in the Czech Republic. Tell us about all your businesses actually. And I know that you have developed a system for coaches and for clients that works really, really well. And if you could just uh, give us a little background on that, that would be great. Yes. Um, yeah, so actually I started this in like 2011 in, in Prague, Czech Republic. That was uh, way before CrossFit was a thing in, in, in Europe or in Czech Republic. Uh, so pretty much like group classes of strength and conditioning were unheard of. And I was also not really certain to to go that way. I, I wanted to start to, to I wanted to start to do like uh, workshops and seminars and teach people how to train with kettlebells at home. And then people started to go to those workshops and seminars, and then they started to to email me like, uh, yeah, okay, great. So we we you know, learned how to use the kettlebells. We bought it. We have it at home. And now it's only collecting dust, and we we, we cannot force ourselves to, to do some training, and we we don't know how many sets and how many reps. So if you could just you know like um, create a small group where we could train together. I'm like, are you guys crazy? Like, um, you want to come to me and give me money just, you know, just to say to you, like do uh, five sets of 10 or so, it's just crazy. And they're like, no, but we are already four people. So you just, you know, you find like two or three more and that's, that's a group of seven, eight people and we can start. And I'm like, okay, so we will start just to show you guys that this is complete nonsense. So, so I did this in um, January, 2012, uh, expecting, the, the whole thing to to be dead by like three months so it's been eight years and it's 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 actually not dead <laughs> uh yeah and at the beginning it was all about kettlebells it was all about like uh me going going to the gym it was uh, I, I just rented uh time slots in, in somebody else's gym you know and 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 it was me going going by tram to the to the gym and like writing a training program for that given day in the tram and everybody in the group was training the the, the same training but then, you know, some people left the group, some new people came and all of a sudden it just stopped making sense to, to train the same thing with all the people in the group. And also then some, uh, the kettlebell started to be a thing in Czech Republic back then. So, so some media uh, started to, to come to the gym and, and make interviews with me and it start, started to slowly grow and I started to have like uh, more groups. 
And all of a sudden I realized I cannot really do just random trainings, you know, like uh, writing a training training plan for the, for the given training in, in the tram. I, I needed like a, like a big, bigger picture. And then also like in a year or so, we moved to our own gym and I started to have coaches, like two, two or three coaches. And all of a sudden, you know, because before all of the training programs of all the people in the gym were in my head. So it was easy, but uh, all of a sudden you have, you have uh, I don't know, like um, two, three coaches and you cannot like uh, copy paste your, your brain into, into their brain, you know? So, so I had to develop a system uh, to be able to have groups of like 12 to 14 people. And what we do nowadays, it's, it's uh, obviously not, not kettlebells only anymore. It's like uh, all, uh, all the different stuff, barbells, dumbbells, chains, everything that I think is effective for developing strength and conditioning that, that's there in the system. And it can be that you come, come to the training where it's like uh, 14 people and 14 different training programs. The coach is running, you know, between all the people and then correcting the technique and then, you know, um, making hints for, for the training plan and stuff like this. So, um, so yeah, so, so we introduced uh, like a standardized training programs. Let's say you, you come to our gym. We have a, a basic like eight to 10 week uh, program for you. We have a system of benchmarks. So let's say, okay, I'll give you an example, okay? So you start, you start um, pretty much the first thing you do in, in the first training is, is the squat, it's, it's the goblet squat. And we teach you, we teach you this in a really quick manner. Like you, you, you know, we just put a, um, a few basic, few basic uh, cues, like, you know, uh, uh, the, the knees point, um, pointing the, the toes and the straight back and, you know, everybody knows yeah. about this. And then the people start squatting with super light weight, you know, and, and the next training, we, we add a little weight and we keep adding a weight and we keep adding sets and we keep adding um, reps until the people work up to a, to a certain height, which can be like 24 kilo kettlebell for women, 32 for, for men and a certain reps and sets. And if, if, the, if they can do it and if, if the technique is good, then we know the, the person is really for like a barbell front squats or kettlebell front squats or whatever, you know? So, so with, every, with every exercise, we have, we have a chain of like benchmarks or achievements that we, we want the people to, to hit uh, before we move them to, to, uh, to some progression. Of course, sometimes uh, for like a 45 kilo women, it's, it's, it's it's really hard to hit like uh, five sets of 10 with 24 kilo bells. So sometimes you can make a little adjustments. So it's not like a set in stone, you know, it's like, like Paul McElroy says that the training program or designing a training program is an art and science. So there's a, there's a component of science in it, but also uh, some intuition of the coach, but more or less it's, it's based on this. Sounds great. Very cool. And how many gyms do you have now, Rader? How many what? Students? gyms oh so gyms you have a, you okay have yeah so, so yeah it's a it's a pretty pretty funny story right now because we have two gyms in prague we were this close to opening a third one and then the covid hit so that that kind of <laughs> that yeah. kind of uh, didn't didn't happen uh and then uh, we have three affiliates in three different cities uh, in Czech Republic. Now we have a huge demand to, to open more affiliates in, in, in more cities. So we are, we are looking into that, how we, can, how we can streamline it really effectively. Uh, okay. Because if, if you have like uh, three gyms, it's easy. If you, if you want to have like five, six more, and then you really need to start, you really need to, start to think about 
like creating a really, really in-depth training manual for the coaches, also like marketing manual and stuff like this, because it's all connected, you know? So, so right now the biggest subject for us, or one of the biggest subjects is to, to really create like a system for, for creating more and more affiliates because we, we don't want to just create a gym uh, during like a weekend course. Uh, we, we want to, we want to keep the certain quality, you know, so that's, that's not really that easy, but uh, I'm pretty sure we will like within a year, we will, we will manage that. Um, what, what type of training do your coaches have to go through before they're on board with you and, and your system? <laughs> Oh well, um, I'm pretty certain that a uh, great athlete doesn't doesn't make a good coach, or it, he can be, but not necessarily. So, actually, the 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 number one number one quality I'm looking for in a in a coach is uh, whether or not is uh, he is good with with people. So communicate communication, a little bit of psychology, but not like not like psychology students, but but the let's say the, the natural. You know the, the the ability to to uh, to guess what kind of what kind of person is the is the this is the student that I'm working with because you know some of the people are the mathematical types that you you have to talk angles and percents some of those are like uh, the artistic types you need to really talk in really abstract terms you know and it's 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 really uh, I found that it's really important to to be able to uh, to have a good guess what, what, what kind of person you are, you are, um, working with, because then you can kind of adjust yourself to, to, to his level. And then the, the, the work with him is, is much more comfortable for, for you and also for, for him too. Uh, and, and also you might be completely unable to, to adjust yourself to, to his level. And then it's better to say, just, you know, maybe you go work with somebody else because this is not, not going to work between us. So, so this is actually the, the number one quality that I'm looking for. This is this is um, based on experience. In 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 the in the past, I had people that were super awesome athletes. They were really knowledgeable about the training, and then they stood in front of the class, and they were pretty much unable to to open their mouth and start talking. You know, and and then and then the people from the class started to, started to uh, write me emails like, you know, we have this feeling that this guy uh, really doesn't know anything, and I'm like, what the hell? He's training for 15 years. He's super, you know, knowledgeable about everything. And then I realized it's it's not that he doesn't have the knowledge; he just cannot sell it, and he, he cannot talk to people. And then I realized that this is really the, the most important thing for me because you can. It doesn't really really matter how strong the coach is, if you can make somebody strong. It doesn't necessarily. Um, you you don't have to necessarily be strong. It's it's obviously uh, a plus. It's good if you are a good athlete and strong and conditioned and you know all those things, but it doesn't matter uh, or it, it it's it's not that important if if you work with people and you want you want to make them better. Um, what is more important is if you can if you can actually uh, talk with them, if you can motivate them, if you can if you can um, if you can find the, the the right way how to speak with them so they understand and comprehend. And then, of course, you, you need to be able to, to write the training plans and you, you need to be able to teach the movements and stuff like this. But that all can be, that all can be learned, you know. Uh, I'm, if, if you are a complete rookie as a coach, if you are good with people, within a few weeks, I can, I can teach you everything you need to be able to, to coach people in terms of strength and conditioning. But if you are a complete um, asocial introvert, uh, I don't know, you know, <laughs> Uh, computer geek, you know, not 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 uh, willing to talk to anybody. I cannot I cannot teach you how to talk with people. You know that that's something that has to be inside of you. 
Right. How do you go about finding coaches to work for you? That's really hard. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. Most of our coaches come from the lines of our students. So that's, that's pretty much the, the easiest way how to, how, to get, uh, how to get new coaches because they already, they've been working with us for, for a few years. They already know a lot of stuff because we, we don't just train people. We really try to educate them, you know, so they are pretty much ready uh, in terms of uh, technical stuff. Then you just have to put in the, the how to teach stuff and how to write training plans and how to organize the group, you know. Um, and if they are already able to, you know, if they are already communicative and able to communicate with people, that's all just a matter of uh, one or two weeks to get them ready. So, right. so the majority of my coaches are from, actually like evolved from my students. Some of them uh, were hired from outside. Sometimes you get lucky and get really great people. Sometimes you don't get so lucky <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> you just have to let them go. Yeah. Not myself. But, but honestly, my like, yeah, I, I'm sorry, sorry. That's okay, go ahead. Uh, honestly, like right now, like we are, especially in Prague, we are starting to be uh, like in the, in the last uh, one or two years, we started to be really the thing, like pretty much everybody knows us in, in Prague. So, um, so we have a lot of people coming, like um, applying for the, for the job. So, so that's, that's better. Like now it's easier than, than, than before and we can, we can choose a little bit. Now we have uh, one super great girl who, who, who I really want to be. She is our former student, like five, five, six years ago, she trained with us. Then she moved to New Zealand. She's really great. Uh, and so we started to, to negotiate and she's, she's getting back from New Zealand. We started to negotiate the, the terms of her being our coach in like uh, January or February. Now she's stuck in New Zealand, cannot, cannot get back because of the, <laughs> of the crazy um, quarantine and stuff. And you personally yeah. could, you train all of your coaches, right? You yourself. Yes. Yes. Okay. That's great. That's good. Um, so, yep. With uh, COVID, which we've all experienced, obviously, how, where do you guys stand now? Are you starting to open again or things kind yeah. of getting back to normal? Well, um, so... It was super crazy, super crazy situation for me because I, I went to Norway um, at the end of February for, for snow kiting. And I was there for, for um, uh, two weeks. And I was, leaving, I was leaving Czech Republic when we had like uh, three cases or four cases. Norway, Norway had one. Uh, so I went. Mm, the first week was was pretty great, uh, great wind and great weather, great snow. So we so we did a lot of snow kiting. The second week uh, was either no wind or super hardcore wind where you cannot ride. So I was stuck in the cabin, and then that was the week where when the COVID started, uh, COVID started to really be the the, the subject and the thing. And and all, all the Italy went down. You know they they were they they went for a full lockdown and stuff like this. And because I had all the time in the world, I was sitting there in the in the snowy cabin, you know, couldn't do anything much. So so I, I read a lot of articles, uh, and I listened to a shitload of podcasts, and um, I read also some some books. And I really I really sucked in a lot of information about the about the pandemic, the pandemics in, in general, and and about COVID. And then I realized, the gym, may be one of the worst places for for the spread of the virus, you know like uh, people sweating and heavy breathing and, and it's not really the, the cleanest environment, you know. Uh, 
So I was like, two days before Czech Republic went went to full lockdown, I was like, guys, we we need to we need to we need to stop the operation. Like, uh, let's not let's not contribute to the pandemic. Let's uh, let's be let's be reasonable here and, and and let's stop. So we started to prepare for for our our own lockdown. And then the government came and they said, okay, just, you know, everybody, everybody locks down. So we're like, yeah, okay, we were already ready for this. So um, all the, all the other gyms were like super pissed off about this. And I, and I get it because it's, it's not really, it's not really easy for all of a sudden to, to, you know, to shut down. Uh, but we were, we were actually prepared for this. So, so the first weekend uh, we took all of our kettlebells and and we we uh, we put them in ten cars and 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 we distributed them among our students, so they could train they could train at home. We developed a, a, a system for online trainings. We we shot a lot of videos for for uh, warm ups and and technique um, technique tips for the, for exercises and created a training program for like two two months two three months for um, uh, training at home. So within just a few days, we we, we just switched everything to to online. You know. Yeah. And, um, and then we sat down and, and we are like, so what are we going to do now? And they're like, the gym is closed and we, we don't, don't really want to sit, sit um, you know, at home and, and look on Netflix or something. We have to, we have to do something. And uh, a good friend of mine, he, he, has, um, he has a big company for 3D printers. Actually, a huge company. They are the, they are the number one company in the world, actually. So, so they started to produce those, those masks, those, those shields uh, for, for doctors. And... And I'm like, yeah, this is super great. We, we need to come up with something like we, we want to help also, you know, and, and they distributed like 100, 150,000 of, uh, of those shields to, to doctors and, and medical, medical personnel. And we are like, you know, the, the last crisis, 2008, the biggest problem there was that everybody was, was super scared to, to spend money, you know, and that really like uh, stopped the economy. And that's why we had a few years of, of uh, like uh, bad years. So let's let's motivate people to go to like a local stores and local restaurants and spend some money there. So we came up with this initiative that's called uh, I Spend Money on the Corner, which sounds super crappy in English, but super great in, in Czech, <laughs> where we where we started to motivate people to uh, to go to different stores and restaurants and cafes, you know, that uh, because this was open, uh, you cannot go inside during the quarantine but but they can give you like food in um uh like through through the door or something or we we had this uh, deliver services and stuff like this and this actually started to be uh, a pretty pretty uh yeah the, the people started to really talk about this and we also went, went to to a couple of media and newspapers with this so so it really helped us to to like um so, you know um we, we yeah, we stayed in the spotlight because of this, because all of the other gyms just uh, did something like, uh, you know, online training uh, with a backpack or, or plastic bottles. Or, and I'm like, if we do this, then we do the same like everybody else, else does. So we have to do something else to, to, stay, to stay seen, you know, to stay in the spotlight. So we, we like, we, we, as we say in Czech, we killed two flies with one stone. Uh, we helped a lot of businesses to stay alive and we, we have, we have really like a proof for this that a lot of businesses came to us and said, because you started this initiative, it really helped us to, to survive this quarantine. And also we had some, we had some uh, PR points from this. So it's, so it's good. Awesome. Uh, yeah. And then, um, because we had, we had like 700 students in, uh, b- before the quarantine, and we have pretty strong communities. So, so the community really helped us to survive this whole thing. Uh, some people send us, send us some money, you know, uh, f- 
some people never like um, stop paying for it for their membership because we have we have like a three month membership. So some of the people's memberships um, ended during the quarantine and they just they just extended it. So this is me thanking all of the people that that really helped us uh, survive this. And we we were getting ready to open uh, mid mid May. And then at the end of uh, at the end of April, uh, the government came. There was Thursday night, and they came and they said, "Okay, uh, Monday you open." And we're like, "What? <laughs> like in three days? We are come, we, you know, we, we just started to paint and paint and repair the, the air conditioning and everything. So we are not ready for this. So we decided not to open uh, when they when they allowed us to. We decided to postpone the opening for one week. But the first first few weeks were. Only eight people per per class. Uh, everybody has to have a face mask. Uh, you know, um, uh, we cannot have the showers and the locker rooms. So it's pretty much like, yeah, you can open, but uh, in reality, you pretty much can't. So, so the the full opening was this Monday. This Monday, we we could open in full capacity with uh, showers, with locker rooms. So yeah. Uh, so this week's been pretty crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I'll say. Well, we appreciate you coming on because I know you're really busy. And I have to say that is what you just said is one of the things I love the most about you because you're always oh, you. you're always a step ahead of the game, but you, you're always doing it from your heart. I mean, I I watch thing you do online and you know kind of keep in contact with you over the years, and you're always helping some radar, and it comes back to you every time you watch. I can sit here and watch it happen, you know, on social yeah, media. Yeah, thank you something really great so yeah you that's why you're you're such a brilliant businessman you know that's super nice of you to say thank you amanda <laughs> yeah, who's, who's getting on on here <laughs> no but uh, you know i'm 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 a big believer um uh in just doing good you know and and always always in my life when you know i sacrificed some some profit or something for for uh, let's say some 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 good deed or something it always paid back like tenfold you know so um, yeah, uh, I have just a really great experience with this. And also it, it kinda, it, it's kind of, it's kind of super fulfilling when you know that you do something that, that helps somebody, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty much the reason I started to train people in, in the first place. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to, trying to do my best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it really is true though. And, and I think that when you look around now at all the businesses throughout the world, and it's very interesting that we're all experiencing this globally that the people who have stayed positive and who who have just sort of right out of the chute tried to do something positive and then stayed positive in their own community seem to be doing a lot better than the ones who just got angry and gave up and and you know at least that's and I'm in, seeing that in my own community and I'm in a mm. small town on the Oregon coast so um, yeah it's it's a very global phenomenon that yeah. we're going through. And I think that this this whole global crisis really, uh, you know, made this this point stand out. I mean, um, so the the government, you know, we just we just at at some point we just you know we just stopped. Uh, we just didn't care anymore because they were like you know politics. They're just arguing about everything. All the all those shady people, you know. So at some point we just you know we just didn't care anymore. So these aren't really the inspiring people. But then. Uh, in the so we we had the 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 luck that we were one of the uh, one of the latest countries to to get the covid you know so so we had the experience from spain from britain from from italy so actually 
uh, in the first phase, our politics were really were really able to to uh, pull the, the pull the handbrake, you know, with the lockdown and everything, because we had we had just a, a few thousand of cases here, you know, we really we really avoided the bullet. But that was the first. That was the first phase. They 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 just they just pulled the handbrake and that was it. You know, they they didn't didn't like um, provide much support for the people. And then the businesses and the people uh, started to provide the support. Like uh, this friend of mine with the 3D printing, they 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 made these shields. And then within within like two days, um, uh, a group of entrepreneurs uh, put together money to to buy the lung ventilators for the for the ICUs. And a lot of businesses really started to to help the people, and you know, no, nobody nobody is sitting there and saying, "Yeah, those those you know those, those shitheads they 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 help people, you know, fuckers." No, nobody says this. It's like, yeah, that, that's great that they do it. That's inspiring. So let's also do something. And then the people started to make the face masks because we had the this this big problem. Then when when the outbreak was in China, our government sent like a millions of face masks to to China. And then when the when the situation came to to us, we had we had none, you know, so so the people just you know took old T-shirts and, and stuff like this and start start to make make them at home. And and then another friend of mine, he has like a burger joint, and he said, if you come to us and and you give us three face masks, we give you a burger for free. So they collected like one thousand of face masks, and then then they distributed them to hospitals. And and you see those you know you see those stories, and you get really inspired to to do good. So, so that's good. Like, uh, I mean, uh, good just uh, uh, inspires to do more good, and that's that's great. No, <laughs> that's right. Absolutely. Jeez. Okay. Awesome. Um, let's let's go back to business just a little bit. Mm -hmm. You had mentioned something when we spoke before about how you run your memberships uh, at your, your gym, because mm -hmm. I think now it's kind of important to talk about this as coaches are some, a lot of coaches and people have lost their gyms. They've lost their businesses, you know, due to code and they're looking for ways to, or just some information or guidance of how maybe to rebuild stronger and maybe mm -hmm. you can shed a little light on that for them. Radar. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's a tough question. I don't know. Um, okay, so first of all, um, we are membership based. The the shortest period of time you can you can buy with us is uh, one month, but it's super expensive. I mean, not like super expensive, but it's it's intentionally way more expensive than it should be. So we kind of like try to. Mm, yeah, we try to make people go for a three-month membership at least because the experience is that if you stay three months with us, you see some some results and you stay for, for years. We have people who are training eight, nine years with us, which is crazy. Um, so that's the, that's the goal, you know, because it's always way in like in business-wise in terms of um, costs, you know, and, and effort, it's always way easier to, to keep the current clients than to look for the new ones, you know? So that, that's, that's the first thing we do. We, we, we try to take care of, of our clients as, as, um, as well as we can. Uh, and that's also the, the reason why we sell, why we sell um, preferably the three or six month memberships. Um, with losing a business and coming back, it's kind of, I don't know, I never lost my business actually. So I, 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 I don't have much to say about this. Uh, what 
what this what this uh, crisis did for us, we we realized that a lot of meetings can be calls <laughs> or emails. Uh, so we we are trying to save a lot of time with, with this. We introduced um, coaches calls. We we had with with my coaches we have um, in, uh, like instructor training once per week, uh, where we focus on yeah technical stuff, but also communication skills. You know, also marketing skills. Uh, pretty much anything uh, what, what is needed for a coach. Um, but with uh because we were in lockdown we we tried to call we tried to call or, or make a, like a conference call with all the coaches uh, like every two three weeks um and we we will we will keep this for for forever probably <laughs> because i want you know we realized that we we gather a lot of feedback from the students but we actually never gathered any or much feedback from from the coaches in in terms of like um employment like you know um are you actually comfortable with, with doing this job? Are you are you satisfied? Is there anything you would like to 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 change? You know, and now we start to gather feedback from from inside, and it really helped us to to um, make some processes more effective and, and ditch some things we did before and introduce some new ones. Uh, because if you are uh, if you are alone, you have your gym, you train people, you have maybe one or two coaches. It's easy. It's super easy. But it, then when it starts to grow. Um, at one point, you need to realize it's not like um, it's not like um, a, f- a few friends playing with dumbbells. You know, it, it's it's uh, it started it, as much as I really resisted to 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 ever get to this point. It really starts to be a company, and you need to you need to introduce some 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 stuff that really works for for other companies. You know, so uh, like uh, internal communication and distribution of information that that starts to be really super important, and that that that's where we are really shitty at because I have pretty much zero um, practical experience from, from any other company. You know, I started doing this when I was 21. So uh, I never really worked uh, anywhere else. So I'm kind of trying to, to pick it up on the go. Uh, and it's more about uh, putting down fires than, <laughs> than coming up with great ideas. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I know my strong sides and I know my weaknesses. So I, I, try, to, I try to hire people that are good uh, in the things that I'm, that I'm actually really sucky at. That's that's the key right there. Yeah. And you're you're very young. How old are you now? Yeah, I'm not that young anymore. I'm 32 this year. <laughs> not, not that young. You know. I mean, oh. you're hot you're 32. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So, um, when we started this podcast, we're going to move on a little bit because when we mm-hmm. started this, it was just Amy and I talking to each other and talking about the things we love, which are training, um, our you know, training methodologies, but also the other things that we like to do and um, travel. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we know that you're a professional skydiver and kite boarder, but let's uh, <laughs> tell us a little bit about your skydiving experiences. That, and let me just say, I don't think I'm ever going to do that, Raider. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll so, do a um, lot of things. <laughs> it's like, if you, if you know that... Um, that it's that that it's not something that that is something that's not for you just don't do it you know don't 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 force yourself into it but if you are a type of person who is like "Mm, maybe i would really love to try it just go for it because you know we have been here for uh tens of thousands of years like i mean men people and 
And this is actually the first time in history you can do something like this. So only, you know, only by this token, you, you should really go for it because your grandfather uh, probably, probably couldn't try it, you know, or, or your grand-grandfather couldn't try it. And, and all the people before that, they never could experience anything like this without dying. So now you can actually do it and survive, which is, which is really great. Uh, also, I want to say I'm, uh, I'm no way, no, nowhere near uh, to be a professional skydiver. I'm doing it as a, as a hobby. And also in terms of skydiving, I'm actually a rookie, you know. Um, I've been doing this for like uh, seven years now, but uh, the last three years were like really serious. And I, I did like um, something above uh, 420 skydives and like 50 hours in a tunnel, which for for someone who did like one tandem jump or, or is, is like considering doing one, May sound like a lot, but it's actually uh, skydiving kindergarten, you know. Um, after like a thousand jumps, it starts to really be a thing, you know. You start to really fly some some uh, uh, some interesting stuff. And I know people who have like uh, thirty-five thousand skydives. So with four hundred, it's really just you know <laughs> elementary school or kindergarten. But on the other hand, I try to. So you can either do like fun jumps which means either you go solo or you, you just, uh, you know, put up a bunch of friends and you, you just jump out of the plane with or without the plan. Uh, or you can do uh, coach jumps, which means uh, you, have, you are one-on-one -on -one or in a group of people where it's one experienced skydiver, a, a coach. Usually this all is uh, taped on camera. So then when you land and pack your parachute, you, uh, you sit down with the computer and you debrief the jump, you know, um, analyze the mistakes and, and everything. Because skydiving actually is a highly technical sport, a highly technical discipline, you know. You are flying through the air uh, in like 300 kilometers per hour. I have no idea how, how much is that in miles per hamburgers or whatever you have in America. <laughs> uh, so just Google it. But it's a super high speed, you know. Uh, it's, it's high speed. It's like uh, you go on a highway uh, you you you, um, uh, you open the window and you, you you take your hand out. So multiply this by three, and it's pretty much the 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 sense you are getting in the air. You know, you don't you don't feel like falling. You feel like flying super fast. Yeah. And every, every and and you just you pretty basically create a uh, a wing out of your body. You know, um, because um, in a way that that you are trying to fly through the through the, through the air. Uh, the air reacts to to the position of your body, so every body movement counts. Like, uh, is your chin like tucked or 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 like this? Uh, are your shoulders like this or like this? Are your hands symmetrical? Like everything counts. And because the speed is so 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 high, the energy is super high. So every small movement can can mean like um, it can even cause like a disaster. You can you can hit somebody else in the air, and if, if you take two. 80 kilo guys hitting each other in 300 kilometers per hour. Usually, that's not uh, that's not um, ending with happy ending, yeah. But um, I always used to say that skydiving is super safe, and then I reconsidered. It's not super safe. It's super dangerous, but it can be done in super safe way. So if you are really considerate uh, about yourself, uh, about your skill level, about the conditions, weather, about your uh, gear, about the parachute and the rig and everything. Um, and then you can do it. You can do this really safely. And in in my seven years of skydiving, I never had any. Like uh, I had some close calls, yeah, but I, I had never any any difficulty, any any you know like uh, dangerous situations. So so it all comes down to like 
it's it's like the same with with cars you know you can you can uh, drive a car in a super safe way or you can drive it like a crazy person and kill yourself or a bunch of other people so it's pretty much the, the same right right and so is the skydiving is that kind of what led you to uh, kite snow kiting is that what it's called or kiteboarding yeah um actually um yeah snow kiting is um you have a kite and and you you have a snowboard or ski and you do, do this in in the snow and kiteboarding is uh the same but you do this in, in the water like um oh, seaside right, okay. shoreline you know yeah. so i never did i never did any kiteboarding i never went uh, to the water i don't like water that much i like heights and i like snow but i don't like sea so i do snow kiting yeah um it it's it's the same principle like um uh definitely the the kite is way smaller than, than the than the parachute the, the canopy but uh the principle is the same it's uh it's a it's a wing and 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 the wind is still still the same so you you try to control either the parachute or or the kite so so these two disciplines pretty much uh, complement each other and you really it's all about you, you know how it is every every skill is about uh, spending time with it you know so so if you can if you can skydive in the in the um, in the summer and snow kite in the in the winter and those two pretty much um, pretty much complement each other, which is great. Yeah, there's a girl that I went to college with, a ski team together, and she, she does the so she's on the lakes in the summer, mm-hmm. the, the snow in the winter, and she yeah she's like you need to come back and do this both times yeah. of year, yeah. and I would do that. I want to be on the ground. That's my thing, <laughs> or on the water. It doesn't matter. Not in the air though. <laughs> yeah. And you do that in Norway, right? Yes. Oh. Uh, the, uh, like uh, Norway is, is like the mecca for snow kiting. The uh, Red Bull is, is every year uh, throwing a big uh, big competition there. It's called Ragnarok. It's like the it's like the biggest snow kiting competition in the world. It's super crazy um, because they they you you know um, if you are if you are skiing or snowboarding you the the energy that that uh, the energy is provided by gravity, you know, but but here it's provided by 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 the wind. So you can you can go downhill, you can go uphill, you can go on a straight surface, and you can cover some serious uh, distances, you know. So the Red Bull Ragnarok is like uh, I, I think it's like three or four days. So so you pack all the gear in the backpack. It's uh, I think it's groups. It's it's like groups of two or three people, and and you 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 know you have a you have a tent in your backpack and you have uh, food for three days and everything and you just go and you cover you cover like 120 kilometers or so during those days if it's no wind then then you just then you just um uh you just walk on your skis you know like uh, uh how is it called um i don't know i don't know the word for it but uh, you, you can walk on the skis if if there's wind you just put up your kite and, and you go and you try to cover as as much distance as you can in those three days and you sleep in the snow and everything it's super hardcore super crazy but also a respect for all the guys that, that take part in it so um yeah, so so this because mm, there is like a huge highland uh, in in Norway. It's like a national park with uh, with a lot of lakes uh, that are frozen for for the majority of the of the year. So that's uh, that's a nice uh, you know straight surface that you can that you can kite on. Uh, and it's like uh, it's it's super huge. It's like uh, 150 to 150 kilometers, and there's no there's only one road. There are no trees. There is no power lines. No nothing. So. Because all those things are dangerous for for uh, kiting, because your your kite can get entangled on a tree or power lines or something, or the worst case scenario, it, it can get entangled with a, with a car, and then then it gets really messy. 
so this is this is like a no man's land where like it's it's like a paradise for snow skaters. So so yeah, Norway is really great and uh for like six or seven months in a year there's uh, great powder snow and great wind conditions so and it's also super super nice nature because yeah. um the the norway is is it's it's a huge country with a, like relatively small amount of people so there's a there there are some really nice pieces of nature there and uh, i really love it there not the I norwegians necessarily but but norway is nice not the norwegians <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah i know the, the the Czech people are super friendly. We are hugging and kissing all the time, and and all the all the people in Scandinavia are like, uh, no no no, social distancing <laughs> <Yeah>. by default, you know. <laughs> I was supposed to go there for a month this summer um, with my German friend. I was going to fly to Germany, and then we were going to fly to the northernmost uh, airport there and just mm -hmm. do a lot of hiking and camping for a month. And of course, that's been canceled. But that is mm -hmm. definitely my next stop is Norway. It's, it's highly highly recommended uh whether in the summer or or in winter both both of the seasons are i was there like i don't know numerous times um both the seasons are super nice in, in the summer it's it's a lot of rain uh so i recommend end of august maybe september it's probably the nicest the nicest part of the year there in terms of uh rain but it's still going to be raining like uh <laughs> but you you can get maybe some you know sunny days no but uh, it's it's really great and also they they try to for the tourists you know like um hiking uh, in Czech republic uh, we have like a strong super strong history of of hikers mm -hmm. so there is uh, actually a, um something called the Czech hikers club and in all the in Pretty much the all Czech Republic is covered with like uh, hiking tracks, you know, and they're marked like every 200 meters or 500 meters. There's like a tourist mark. So you, you can never get lost, you know. Yeah. And then I first came to Norway in uh, 2009, eight or nine, I think. Uh, and I actually by accident went to the same spot that I'm, that I'm uh, uh, snow kiting now, the same national park, you know. But I was there in the summer uh, and I was in the south side. And, and uh, so we went there. And there is no, there is no tourist marks, no nothing. So uh, also no tracks. Like um, they, the Norwegians try to provide the super hardcore and uh, experience with the nature. Mm -hmm. So it's not, so it's not uh, like uh, cultured in, in any way. So you just go there. Um, you, every like one or two kilometers, there's a, there's a, how do you call it? Like a small pile of stones with a red yeah. T. Uh, and that, and that's your mark, you know. And but you have to have a map. You have to have a compass, and, and you go. There's no cell phone reception, you know, there's no people. We, we never met anybody there in three days that we were there. We only met some sheep. Uh, if, if there's a, like a small, small stream, you just cross it barefoot. If, if it's bigger, then maybe sometimes they put up like a, like a log bridge or something, you know, but, but the experience with the nature, I, I don't think like um, it's, it's, it's really exciting to get, to get, as much isolated from from the normal world stuff you know like you cannot really experience this in czech republic because the the population here is so dense that you go to the forest you cross the forest and then there's a village on the other side but here in norway you go for five days and you meet you you meet nothing you know no no houses yeah. no no people and it's it's strange but also kind of kind of meditative <laughs> really uh, recommend it go for it i'm going to go for it and we were actually going to go the end of august early september but because of her job, it's, you know, all of her stuff's been pushed back. So it's probably going to be next summer. But yeah, definitely going to make that one. And I'm coming to the Czech Republic. I'll come yeah, see you. Yeah, you need to. 
Yeah, I told you, I told you on several occasions that, that Prague is the nicest city in the world, and it, it really is. I know. It's, I, it's uh, super nice here. Yes, I would definitely want to do that. That is absolutely in the plan for sure. So, um, what's your next travel plan? Do you know? Do you have anything lined up, or can you? <laughs> Actually. <laughs> I don't because I spent last three years traveling. Mm -hmm. uh, last year, it was super dense. I was pretty much seven months, maybe outside of Czech Republic. And it really, I, I felt like it really started to hurt my business, you know? And um, I, have, I have a great staff. I have a great team of coaches. They really, I, I, I didn't really have to do anything for, for a year pretty much. And, and they, and they, and they kept the business alive, you know. But then I realized um, we need to, you know, I, I never, I can never step in one, uh, I can never stay in one place. I'm, I'm, I'm a kind of person, I, I always need to have a, something, like, like the donkey with the, with the carrot, you know. I always <laughs> have to have something in, in, inside, in, in my aim, and I need, to, I need to go for it. And so we decided we, we, we want to create more affiliates and we, were, we want to create the system for, for being able to establish them. Also, we want to expand, expand outside of, 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 of our um, country. So because we have, we have some demand from, from the people all around uh, Europe, also some people in Asia that they want to copy our system. So we are putting this together. So at the beginning of the year, this year, um, I decided I'm not doing any travels. So I had, I had only, uh, in January, I was in Warsaw, Poland, uh, for a wind tunnel camp. I was there five, five days flying in a tunnel. And then I went uh, February or beginning of the March to, to Norway. And that was it. And these were all already decided last year. And I decided I, I, don't, go, I don't go anywhere else the, the whole year. And I will, I will really focus on, on, um, on, the, on the job. Uh, yeah. and, then, and then the COVID hit. And everybody, everybody was like super pissed, you know, you know canceled uh, travel plans and everything. I was like, well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but uh, one of the strongest experiences from, from my travels was Cuba. Mm -hmm. I also picked up some Spanish there. Uh, so I want to I wanna learn Spanish. And then the South America is, is, the, is the big dream destination for me. Yeah. Never been there. I'm pretty much uh, convinced there's a lot of, to explore and a lot of to get to get to know so that's that's like the next step like within two three years or something yeah yeah oh yeah there's a lot to explore down there i've, I've gone a little bit to south america and done all of central america and it's all completely culturally diverse and different terrains and it's everything's there you know a lot like i mean it's just like any continent you know they've got They've got the snow, they've got the beaches, they've got the mountains, they've got anything you want, you know, yeah. rainforest, whatever. So, yeah, awesome. And it's, it's massive, it's huge. <laughs> I mean. It is, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, you know, um, so the travel in, in Czech Republic from the, because we had, we had um, socialism here for quite some years, so we cannot, we, we, we couldn't really do much travel. So all the travels was like to Romania and, and Yugoslavia, you know, and Poland. And it always looked like, yeah, we packed our, we pack our car with, uh, with food for one week and, and, you know, blankets and everything. And we go there by car and sp spend the week there, um, you know, by the sea. And that, that, that pretty much stayed, for a lot of people, this pretty much stays the idea of traveling. Like you, you pack and you go somewhere to a hotel, 
by the beach and, and you, you spend there one or two weeks, which is obviously that this has nothing, nothing in common with traveling, you know, and traveling in my, in my point of view is going somewhere, spending time with locals, uh, drinking alcohol with them, getting drunk, you know, eating their food, uh, dancing with them, talking with them and really getting to know the, the other cultures. And I think this is really, really important. Um, and sadly, not many people in the Czech Republic do it like this. And then we have a lot of people who, who really, you know, who are really complaining about about uh, about the life conditions uh, for us here. But actually, I'm pretty much convinced that Czech Republic has one of the one of the best conditions for living in, in the world, maybe. Uh, but you see this only when you start to compare with others, you know, and not, not, and I, I don't mean by, you know, TV shows and movies, because that's not reality. You need to, you need to, you need to go there and spend some time uh, with, with uh, people from other countries. And then you realize, wow, we have really great conditions here in Prague in comparison to Havana or <laughs> I don't know, you know, so I think it's really important and it's really educative, you know, and also you go to all those historical sites and, and to be educated in history is also super important, you know, not to, not to make the same mistakes uh, our fathers and grandfathers used to make. So, so that's, that's the biggest reason why I love traveling. And if I'm able to, to connect traveling and skydiving, that's even, even better. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I always like to, when I'm traveling to go, I usually, I travel with a lot of different friends and Amy and I have traveled a lot together but I go ahead of time by myself for a while, just so I can meet some of the locals and meet people there that you know live there and and experience what they do every day. You know, and I've made mm -hmm. some of the best friends that way. It's just it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. it's a. Uh, I always like to be alone a little bit at first, you know, and just kind of ex see what I can experience and see because I mean, if you're with a bunch of people, you're probably not going to really meet strangers in their yeah. own land you know like they're they're really they'll readily approach you and invite you to do things or come to their house and eat or you know come to my horse ranch and ride horses that's what happened to me when i went to iceland you mm -hmm. know i got there before amy and her husband did and met a great friend now hoder and rode horses with him you know for a couple days before they got that's there awesome. yeah it was, it was great so yeah. i really highly recommend that too yeah and also yeah. It's nowadays it's so simple, you know, with all those uh, couch surfing and Airbnbs and everything. So we, we always, when we travel, like using the Airbnb, we always try to, because you can either have like the whole apartment for yourself or, or it's like a shared room with, with the owner or, or, the, or the people who are living in the, in the flat or in the apartment. So we always try to pick the spots where we can, where we can uh, share the, the apartment with, with other people. And usually, you know, they try to involve the, uh, you in, into the, their life or make some party or something, you know. And this yeah. is really a great way how to how to connect with with new people. And th this was never never before like uh, social media and stuff. Uh, it, this, this was this was never never really the thing. You know, you, you couldn't just go to London and knock on somebody's doors, uh, you know, and like, hey, can I stay here for 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 a few <laughs> nights? No, you you couldn't do it. But now you can. So it's like uh, with the skydiving. If you have the if you have the ability to do it, just just go for it. You know, only by the token that nobody before you could actually do it. So so you would be really stupid not to do it. You know. Yeah, I keep <laughs> I keep encouraging Amanda and I have boys that are now young men, and I keep trying to tell mine that this is the time to to get some traveling in. Um, 
because things change as, as you've discovered with your business. It's, it does get harder as you get older and you, and if you have a business, you do have to make those choices. And at Sunday, a family, you do have to make those choices mm. and, and tell the, the kids are all grown up. Um, it, it's, it's hard to do it. And so my, my kids are 19 and 21 and um, they're still in school, but it's, I'm encouraging them to do some traveling before they really worry too much about their career because yeah. that's the whole life for that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, I have a friend who's a stand-up comedian and we, we actually have also, um, uh, we started our podcast uh, at, the, at the beginning of, of the year and he was our first guest in, in, in our podcast. And so I asked him, where do you, where do you get inspiration for your, for your stand-ups? And he said, yeah, well, you need to go out there and have as, as many experiences as, as you can. Also some crazy stuff like you go for a pottery course or something, you know, so you, you try all of, the, all of the crazy, crazy shit and you get, you get great ideas for, for um, stand-up. And I'm like, yeah, but this is also great for like uh, life experiences. You know, it's not, not, not only for stand-up subjects, but, but also for, for yourself. So maybe it's a good idea not to just sit at home and watch Netflix, but uh, go out there and do shit, you know? So I highly, yeah. highly encourage anybody who's, who's watching or listening to this, go out there and do crazy shit. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> okay. And on that good advice, Radar, this was the fastest hour ever. Oh my gosh. Bye. <laughs> But look, hey, we're going to do our, our 10 rapid fire questions now. Is that cool? Shit, I hate this, but okay, go for it. <laughs> They're easy. They're promised. Okay. What is your favorite meal? Favorite what? Meal? Meal. Meal. Uh, liver. That's first. Okay. <laughs> favorite color? Uh, green. Uh, what's the last book you read? Why We Sleep, probably. Okay. I think. No, no. Last one was Lord of the Rings. I reread Lord of the Rings. All right. Um, what's your most memorable concert? Oh, any Red Hot Chili Peppers concert. Right. They're my favorite band since I was 12 years old. So. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is something that people get wrong about you? Uh, yeah, they think I'm arrogant sometimes, which I'm not. <laughs> No, you're too nice. Um, when's the last time you had a hysterical laugh? <laughs> yeah, probably yesterday, I think. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite animal? A cat. And now I'm really, uh, now I'm really starting to, uh, 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 how do you say, dive deep into caracals. Do you know caracals? Those Bigger cats with, with big ears. Oh, yes. They're, They're so nice. So nice. I love yes. them. They're beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what is something that you procrastinate? Oh, yeah. Um, phone calls. I hate phone calls. <laughs> What's the last movie you watched? Yeah, I re-watched um, Ford versus Ferrari, which is great. Okay. I haven't seen that the other day. I'm going to have to watch that. I haven't seen it yet. Okay, last, last one. What is your favorite vacation place? Um, that stuff. Um, uh, actually, none, probably. Uh, because my favorite vacation is based on people I'm with, actually. And that, that probably would be my skydiving family, which is an uh, awesome bunch of people. Yeah. So awesome. 
anywhere those crazy skydivers go, I go. <laughs> and it's awesome because we do it. We, we make it awesome. Nice. You're their family. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Wow. Well, this was really great, Radar. Thank you so much. Thank yeah, you thank, very much. Thank you. Thank you, too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's really <laughs> good to catch up with you. And best of luck with uh, opening, reopening everything. Thank and you, guys. And best of luck to you, too. And stay healthy. Yeah, you yes, too. you too. Take care. Hey, nice cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I see Ollie walking back there. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Have a nice All day. All right. Ciao. Thank you, Radar. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye.